0: What do you mean by concerning trends? You mean losing?
1: Outside of
0: losing. I mean, you know, it, are the guys still frustrated? With our, our, all? our guys played a, a good hard game, a little bit unlucky to concede that game at the that goal at the end. You know, let, let's face it, that was a poorly officiated game. And uh, it was a bit of a factor. I'm not saying it. Uh, it determined the outcome, but it was a, it was a really awkward game. And uh, give them credit; they came in here to disrupt us and foul us as much as they could, and you know, uh, take any kind
1: of rhythm out of the game. And uh, I think they accomplished it. Welcome the traffic to the Trifecta Soccer Talk. I'm Tanner Abello. You just heard from Revolution sporting director and head coach Bruce Arena regarding their one 0 loss to the New York Red Bulls at Gillette Stadium in Week Five of Major League Soccer play. With the loss, the Revolution have now lost three straight. Games in Major League Soccer, that's the first time the team has done that since March of 2019. Obviously it's the first time in the Bruce Arena record. The team hadn't lost two straight MLS matches until they lost to Charlotte under Bruce Arena. So this is a team that's clearly reeling after the winning the Supporters' Shield last year and setting the single season point record. Here's a highlight from that match against the New York Red Bulls. Numbers up, like you see here. It's a tough giveaway right there in the middle of the field. When everyone's spread, Farrell's left by himself. And Farrell does a really good job here to make it predictable. He just keeps him on the right. Spanked. Oh, and that's a. And a with a shot blocked. Shot for a handball and another highlight. Can't even keep up with it. You see the ball in here. Adam Busca with a with a great first touch ball and now he's passing and moving straight into the box.
0: He draws a couple of defenders.
1: Foul. Green space for Carlos Heal. He leads ball tag. Will he get there? Yes. To the cross to the far post. By knocks it down.
0: Legit. Oh, what a save by Coronel. Good interception there. And now
1: here is Fletcher. It was Laquinius who did the initial work. Ball in by Farrell and a crazy own goal. As you can see in those highlights, the Revolution actually played pretty well. Um, You know, the finishing touch really eluded them. But Brad Knighton played well in net. They had the return of Andrew Farrell and Henry Kessler on the back line. They were more organized defensively. So it really felt like it was an unlucky result. So here's Revolution defender Henry Kessler. Uh, on just the result and, you know, how it feels. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, I was just saying I thought that game, at worst, should have been 0-0. So to lose 1-0 is really disappointing. Um, they did a good job disrupting the flow. You know, they probably had 40 fouls, something absurd like that. So they really disrupted the game. Um, and that is frustrating, but that's something we have to deal with. Yeah, like I said, for the Revolution, you know, they, they played well in this match. Um, you know, But offensively, they sort of lacked that extra dynamic attacker and when they brought Emma Bowotang on in the second half, they had two of their better chances of the game and they weren't able to put it away. I think Sebastian Leget was actually on the end of both Bowetang's. Uh you know, chances created there towards the end of that match and then obviously the own goal off Andrew Farrell is a really rough way to lose a game. But, you know, the reality is they were up a man at home against, you know, a good side of Major League Soccer, but you're supposed to win your home matches. Um, So for the Revolution, they've lost two straight matches at Gillette Stadium. You know, they're continuing to reel. They're going to be playing the worst team in the Eastern Conference next Saturday against Inter-Miami. Miami Miami is the only winless team in the Eastern Conference, and there's only two winless teams in Major League Soccer, with San Jose Earthquakes being the other one. So for the Revolution, it's early. You know, they've only played five matches so far this year. It's 34 matches. And if you listen to Bruce Arena in the past, he says in MLS, the... Season as the second half of the season. So, you know, there's a lot of time here for the Revolution to get better. And ultimately, you know, I've said in the past already this season, but facing this adversity now could set them up for success in the future. And as the season progresses, they could get better and better. And the reality is that they don't have Matt Turner right now, and they're, they're not going to have Matt Turner come July and down their stretch of the regular season. So, you know, they're really getting a trial by fire here. And, you know, I think seeing Brad Knighton play well was a good sign. Knighton played well in 2021 as well. And I know Earl Edwards Jr. had a couple good starts this year, but he also had some really rough starts. And you know what Brad Knighton's going to give you. Brad Knighton is a known commodity in Major League Soccer. He's a shot stopper. Um, You know, and he also can, you know, punt the ball about 80 yards down the field, which is also kind of impressive. So, you know, I like what Brad Knighton gave you. I don't, not sure if he's going to be the long-term answer here, but who knows, maybe when Matt Turner Bart it, it is going to be nine. Or even maybe Jacob Jackson, who we'll talk about in a little bit for Revs, too. But there was a lot of interesting post game from Bruce Arena specifically, talking about the officials. Um, so, we're going to play the audio of his back and forth regarding the officials with Tom Quinlan of WPRO. Is there anything, um, go back to the record, what did you uh,
0: say to the ref to get that yellow card? I didn't say anything to the roof. I mean, well, probably the fourth officials you know, said I was complaining about uh, descending off. I guess I don't. I don't even remember exactly. Do they, like, are, are they responsive, or is it just you know? Well? Are they responsive? No, no, no. They, they can do. They they can basically do anything they want, and you know it doesn't really matter. To be honest with you, you know, they're they're well protected. The players and coaches aren't, but the referees are well protected.
1: Another interesting takeaway from Bruce's post game was you know, the the Matt Turner foot talk. Um, he really basically had a conversation with Tom Quinlan um, of WPRO in the post game, a full on, fledged conversation. So re- here's really. That conversation, um, back and forth between Bruce and Dom. Anything else here?
0: No, wait. When, now that we know more
1: circumstances behind Matt's injury, do you have any comment about the decision for U.S. soccer to play that game in minus two-degree weather in Minnesota?
0: Well, personally, I told him in advance I thought it was stupid to be playing teams of that that quality and those, thinking that they have to be in those kind of uh, conditions. Having said that, we're – We've been playing in a mess, obviously, in previous games here. But uh, U.S. soccer, uh, you know, I personally felt could have played in any venue in the country and and would have succeeded in those games. So Matt's injury that he has now was not a result of the injury he suffered in the game in Minnesota. He got frostbite, actually, was his injury. He got
1: frostbite.
0: It was frostbite. So
1: that was brought up with Greg a couple of weeks ago, and right. that was kind of, so why, is it? was there a communication issue? Like, you know, why, is there, did U.S. soccer not want you guys talking about this, or did you guys just... Talk it? about what? Matt's injury. Cause it, okay. the,
0: the injury he has now had nothing to do with the frostbite he suffered in Minnesota.
1: Sure, but it, it kind of was, it, it kind of seemed like there was just a lot of confusion coming in. with uh you know, I know there, was, there
0: was no confusion. The, the frostbite was on one foot. The injury he has now is on the other foot. So you can't. There's no connection to it. Sure. You know. But you know uh, what? You know. And, and you know, having said that, you know, uh, Canada is not playing around with venues. But Canada's playing games in Canada. What are they going to do in in February? You know, they, where are they going to go? The only place they can probably go to that's. Uh, uh, a little bit more suitable in terms of climate is obviously Vancouver. Indoors on a turf field in a dome, you know. So, But that's that's now been part of the game in CONCACAF. And it probably, it, it always has been. When when I coach the national teams, there, there was always little gimmicks that countries played to try to get an edge.
1: It really is interesting to hear Bruce Arena call it frostbite for Matt Turner's foot. Uh, that's something that U.S. soccer is not called before. The Revs organization hasn't said that and Matt Turner himself has not called it frostbite. Um, you know, stemming from that match against Honduras in Minnesota. Um, but I think what get lost on a lot of people is the injury that's Matt that keeping Matt Turner out right now is a hairline fracture and it's on the other foot from the one that he had issues from the cold in Minnesota. And the reality is he took three to four days off after that Minnesota match, came back to the Revs' first team in LA trained today, then played in a preseason friendly against LAFC the day before they left for New England to come back here to prepare for Cavalli AS in the CONCACAF Champions League. So the injury to Matt Turner that he's currently dealing with and rehabbing from has nothing to do with the cold weather in Minnesota for the United States men's national team. Um, and for what is where I mean, Bruce said some pretty big things about U.S. soccer there. Um, and how they play games. But he also noted that, you know, in CONCACAF, a lot of countries play tricks. A lot of countries will use the elements to their advantage, whether you're going down to Central America and playing in high humidity, high heat, or, you know, in Canada playing in cold temperatures up there. I and mean, obviously, the U.S. men's national team is going to use, you know, the diverse diversity of the United States and the different climates to its advantage. And it's not going to put, you know, uh, Mexican versus USA game in a market like Los Angeles. They're going to look at demographics. They're going to play in Minnesota against Honduras because it's going to make more sense from a travel perspective in terms of then going up to Canada, playing the cold, and it keeps all the matches in the cold. So there isn't a change in climate and I'm not defending it. I don't think they should have played that game. Uh, I think it was too cold um, to play a soccer game, play any kind of sport, but the reality is teams do it. Um, you know, team, the United States men's national team, that kind of stuff. When Bruce was there too, so. But it's interesting to see him say, "I mean, it's frostbite," um, in his quote, but no one else is saying that. So, you know, um, <laughs> I guess I'll continue to be a, a story point on Twitter, but that's the last you're going to hear from me about it, and you're not going to read any more on Trifecta Sports about it because it's not even the injury that's keeping Matt out. Um, if it was that same foot, that had you know the the cold weather impact and then the hairline fracture then it'd be a conversation to be had potentially but the fact that it was a separate foot the fact that it happened on a backwards pass challenge and a preseason match against lafc it's a moot point Everyone said it at this point greg braulter said it bruce arena matt turner it happened in a game against lafc in a preseason game not in the united states Belgian national team game so that's really the end of the story and hopefully matt will be back in the next couple of weeks um I believe this week they're looking to get him cleared by uh, by the doctors and could be training the next week or two. And then Bruce Arena said in the 95, the sports hub, they're targeting a May return date, um, which will basically give Matt Turner two full months of preparing and playing um, with the New England Revolution before he's going to depart for Arsenal. Um, I believe it's the end of June that he's going to be departing, early July, something around that time frame. Another match occurred this weekend, not as depressing, <laughs> more upbeat. Was a three to one New England Revolution two win over Rochester. This game was played in front of fans at Gillette. That being said, it was more of a friends and family atmosphere. Reminded me of a lot of the games last year they played at home where they didn't have fans in attendance. Um, that being said, it was a uh, you know temp- temperatures were in the mid to low 40s. It was raining. It was miserable out. But you know what wasn't miserable was a three to one score line. So Revs two. They uh, this is their first win of the year. Win at home. You know, five points on the year because they had that extra point from the shootout in week one against New York City FC too. So a really good win for Revs too. Um, you know, Jacob Jackson impressed once again. Um, eight saves up to sixteen saves through two matches. He's really showcasing his ability to you know stop shots, quick reaction time, um, smart decision making as well in terms of just you know grabbing the ball, going up at the right time, and things like that. I thought he was really, really smart. Um, Even in distribution, uh, picked up a long throw. Uh, I think it was the many, Silva up the right side, a 30-yard throw, um, which was a smart play. He was wide open. So I'm impressed with Jacob Jackson. He did have that one goal toward the near post, right underneath his uh, sort of dive there. Probably should have had that, but ultimately Jacob Jackson played a really solid game. You can see why the Revolution used a first-round pick on him. And now the question I have, is Jacob Saxon potentially ready? Maybe not right now, but in a couple months to potentially be in Major League Soccer. I um, mean, I think it's a fair question to ask based on what he's doing right now in MLS Next Pro. Obviously, there's a step up from going from this level to Major League Soccer, but if he continues this play, if he continues to have eight saves a match and, you know, for the most part, really, really solid play, yeah, you might warrant a look at some point in Major League Soccer. And, you know, I would... Sort of theorize, right? Would you rather have that before you go out and potentially make a move and bring in Dwayne St. Clair or Ethan Horvath or someone of that caliber? Like, would you rather just give Jacob Jackson an opportunity before you have to go pull the trigger on a move that's going to either give up money or assets in terms of players? You know, that I think that's a question that has to be had. I think it's still really early in Jacob Jackson. It's two games, but really impressed with him so far. Another Question that I have is when is Damian Rivera going to get a shot? Uh, Damian Rivera had a goal in this game. Number of really nice plays. He had a uh, sort of like a heel flick type play too, to Jose Italo up the um, up the left side in the second half. Um, Rivera looked, looked really good off the ball, on the ball, clinical finish, um, and that's what he had in this game. It was his third goal of the season. He had a brace in the season opener against New York City FC too. He's really taking that next step forward, in my opinion, with his game. And this is a player that is been on a pro deal since 2019 has not had a real uh, real opportunity i would say with the first team in recent years you know you see justin renix get that opportunity this past week and do really well with it though renix did very well with the first team against the new york red bulls you know i think Damian rivera is warranting that kind of opportunity too this is a midfielder who can finish This is a midfielder who can play make that's a midfielder that's good on and off the ball, willing to track back defensively, good on 1v1 situations. And I think that's something the revolution need. You know? If you look if you don't want to play Emma Boateng, or if you don't think Emma Boatang is good for 90, I, I think Damian Rivera can give you some of those things. Maybe not that that blistering pace. But if you're looking to f- somewhat have, you know, an attacking midfielder that can take the pressure off of Carlos Heel or can make you wide right, and be effective at playing wide, Damian Rivera could be that option. He is a young player. We don't know what he really looks like in Major League Soccer at this point in his career, but I think it's a question you have to continue to ask until it occurs um, because he's playing well enough where he he should be warranting an opportunity. In this game, we also saw first goals in professional career for uh, Sharno Hearn and then Michelle as well. Um, You know, really good win here over Rochester. for the revolution and they'll be back in action in two weeks because they are actually going to be taking next week off. They're going to be playing FC Cincinnati two at Gillette stadium um, at 2 PM. And that game will have fans in attendance again. Um, I heard the MLS next Pro.com streaming product was a little bit better than it was in the previous week uh, as the AI learns and things like that. The camera that they actually had at Gillette was above the premium seating um, over the broadcast side. And then up top there, that's where the artificial intelligence camera was. There was no camera operators and I think the one sort of drawback that I'm continuing to see at least is the lack of replays in the delay actually in the product itself. I think it was like a four minute delay or something like that on streaming platform versus live. And I was watching the game live at Gillette Stadium. Um, The only member of the media there uh, covering the game. Um, You know, and they they had on the big board the big board was in real time. You go look at the stream, it's four minutes behind. So if you're looking for a replay, it really wasn't one. And even when the stream caught up and you see the goal or you see the save or whatever have you, there's no replay of it because there's no production being done on the game. Um, so I think that's a real challenge. And obviously, you know, it's, a, it's really a budget operation there. Um, but it impacts the, you know, the quality of the game. But apparently it was better than the previous week, and that's good. Um, that's certainly a good thing to see. The New World Revolution first team will be back in action next weekend, while the f- second team is not in action. Uh, Revs will go down to Inter-Miami, actually, really for Lauderdale, uh, to play Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami, like I said before, is the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Um, they don't look good, but there's certainly some talented players on that team. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin's on that team. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain's on that team as well. So, you know, there's some talent there. They just haven't figured it out. Will they ever figure it out? I think that's been the running question for Inter-Miami since it came into Major League Soccer, is will they figure it out at some point? Uh, but that's a team that does spend money. They have a lot of money in that payroll. Um, theoretically, they can win. Um, but, you know, for the Revolution, you know, they need a win as well. So you're going against two probably desperate teams here. I know it's early in the season, but no one likes to lose four straight in a row for the Revolution. And Miami hasn't won a game this year. So both teams are going to go in. They're really needing a win. Um... Would a draw be okay? Yeah, I'm sure it is, but in reality, like you really feel like you need a win for both teams here, especially for Miami, who's winless um, this year. We'll be back on Friday. We're going to be previewing the Inter-Miami game, getting into that. We'll get some quotes and some footage of Miami's highlights, actually, and we'll dig through it and understand you know, really how bad this team is potentially. Uh, thanks for watching. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at TannerRobello, retrifectenetworksports.com, Like, share, subscribe. Thank you for listening and have a great week, everybody.